Isaiah chapter 9, whoa, Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 1 to 7. And then after that we will have a look at uh, Luke chapter 1. Isaiah 9. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Who, you have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For as to, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And then please turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And we're reading from verse 26 to verse 38. Luke chapter 1 verse 26 says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and he came to her and he said greetings O favored one the Lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be and the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God and behold you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born 
and will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You, in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, as we come and celebrate <laughs> why the Jesus came, I invite us to sing. Sing. Not really sure which one it is. <clears throat> Thanks, God. Jesus. Advent, arrival. We celebrate the time where Jesus was born, even though he was in eternity past and created the world the time when he became a man. We are moving into that time of year in December where we're going to be celebrating Advent or the arrival of the Messiah, the Chosen One. We're going to be focusing a little bit in Isaiah. And as a lead into that, I'd like us to have a look at this little children's video of the times of Isaiah. Okay, so thanks Amy. Let's just sit back and have a little watch of what the situation was in Isaiah's time. Stop singing 
and obeyed God. But now, the people didn't return to God. Instead, they laughed and made fun of Isaiah. And then it all happened. Isaiah told the truth, and the people of Israel did not listen. God took his protection away from them, and the Babylonians conquered Israel. They carried away thousands of Israelites and made them into slaves. The Israelites were dragged away from their own country in ropes and chains. It was too late. God's punishment had started. The people were discouraged and depressed. But Isaiah did not forget that God also gave him a message of hope. This time, the people listened to Isaiah. Hear the good news, he told them. A king is coming, not a sinful one like you're used to. This king will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. This was exactly what the people had longed for. Deliverance was coming. Someday, this king would break onto the scene and make everything right again. His name would be Jesus. His name will be Jesus. Last Friday night, we were back in the Garden of Eden. And I was deeply encouraged by a very morbid subject. I would like to mention that I enjoy travelling through the stranger, no matter how many times I do it. There's always something that God is revealing about himself and what he has done as I travel through those studies. The garden was a perfect place. Everything needed was provided. Adam and Eve, according to the Bible, were created, as we've said time and time again, in the image of God to reflect God in a perfect environment. No sin, no death, no drought, no toil perfect fellowship and worship with their creator owner. But God, in his amazing love, gave Adam and Eve emotions to love God, a will to obey God and a mind to know God. God desired for Adam and Eve and the human race to have a, a connection with him, to enjoy fellowship with him. God, in his love, gave Adam and Eve the opportunity to love him, a will to choose. He didn't want them as robots where they just loved him because they had to. He wanted them to make that choice. He placed two two trees in that garden, a tree of Life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But along with that tree, God gave a warning of a punishment, a consequence to disobedience. A simple but a clear warning. Eat from that tree and you will surely die. 
Genesis 2.15 said, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Disobedience has its consequences. The Bible refers to those consequences as death or separation. Death of the body, death to a relationship, death to a future joy. But God, in his incredible love, after Adam and Eve took of that fruit and disobeyed God, hid And God sought them out. I want you to think for a moment the situation of Adam and Eve who had been born in innocence and yet aware of God's provision. Who chose for that very first time to disobey God. And the consequences of that choice has its effect on all mankind and the earth that we live on. There was shame, there was guilt, there was death. Death had begun to take effect. Adam thought that they could provide their own clothings to cover that shame, fig leaves. Made no effect, no value. In fear and in shame and in guilt they hid themselves thinking that they could hide from the almighty creator of the universe, the all-knowing, omnipotent, all-seeing God. But God in his incredible love sought out Adam in their fear, in their time of trouble and distress and despair. Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? I heard you coming in, in the garden. I was afraid, so I hid. In their darkness, in their hiding, in their fear, their shame, their guilt, God sought them out. That's grace. Now, that's the grace and that mercy, friends, that God shows. A time of incredible Darkness and fear and despair and separation. God provides a way as a deliverer, as a saviour. Genesis 3, 14 and 15, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all the livestock, above all of the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head, and you shall shall bruise his heel. What a promise! The Lord God promised that a day was coming when he would rescue mankind from Satan's control 
that a man would come born of a woman who would crush the devil's head. A fatal wound. Satan would one day be hurt, be crushed. This male child would be known as the anointed one because of a task given to him by God. The task was to deliver mankind from the consequences of sin and death and the power of Satan. He would be known as the one who saves, a saviour. The prophet Isaiah had these words to say. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? There is no other God beside me, a righteous God and a saviour. There is none beside me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Friends, the whole of creation groans because of the decision. And Paul puts it this way, that the whole of creation groans for God's salvation. Adam and Eve were met in their deepest need with a promise of deliverance. A marvellous, gracious promise of a saviour. No other in the history of mankind understood what it was like to live in innocence and then the impact of a choice of disobedience. Separation from God. Friends, the amazing truth is that that was not God's second plan. That God had chosen that before the foundation of the world. That the whole world that we live in is a problem. It needs salvation. But that does not take God by surprise. He promises a solution. He promises a redeemer to buy mankind back into fellowship with himself. Friends, I encourage us at this Advent season, this celebration of the arrival of the Messiah, that we don't lose sight of our need, our desperate need of salvation. And God as being our salvation. The one that had been promised to Adam and Eve was also promised to Abraham and his descendants. And the Israelites were living at a time where they were desperately waiting for the fulfillment of that Messiah. But they chose to continue to turn their back on the promises of God. They continued to go their own way and continued to look to others rather than God as their saviour. And God had an incredible promise through the prophet Isaiah and I'd encourage us as a family to look at this particular promise and maybe even put it on our fridge turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 next one for to us a child is born 
And remember the Israelites at this particular time had turned their back. They were in immense darkness because of their choices. And the prophet Isaiah said, For to us a child is born, to to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In their darkness, Isaiah was saying, There is one coming. One who will be born, who will be mighty God, who will be everlasting father, prince of peace. In all the midst of all the turmoil and despair and guilt and shame and rebellion. God in his grace chooses to provide a saviour, a deliverer, because he knows mankind so desperately needs that. This verse reminds us of The arrival of a baby that changed the world. The birth of a son that was not a normal birth. A pregnancy that was announced by angels and surrounded by scandal. And questions. And even, what is going on? A conception that was enabled by divine power. A delivery that was staged in a stable feed trough for animals. There was no room in the inn for the king of glory, for the mighty God, for the creator of the universe. Imagine the angels filling the sky and Imagine the angels in heaven as God left his throne in glory and took upon himself humanity, not not sinful, but to become sin for us in order to die in our place, to redeem us back and enable us to have a relationship with him again desire that God had from the very beginning. I imagine the angels were in awe that the mighty God would choose to be born in a stable. That the human race had no time for him. No room for him. Continued on in their own merry way as if Who cares? And yet the king of glory came to be the saviour of the mankind. The saviour, the promised Messiah came to earth. The birth of a king worthy of all worship. Surely it would cause ourselves to get our knees and worship him. To declare his worth and praise his name. We come to this time where we celebrate the arrival of the Messiah. But we look back because we know it's happened. And we know the peace and the joy and the 
deliverance that that has provided. This child, the Son of God, who came to bring peace and restoration and salvation to the shamed and the guilty and the afraid, would carry the weight of the sin's world on his shoulders. Isaiah spoke these words 700 years before and these prophecies came to being. But I'd like us to see the similarities of Adam and Eve's time and Isaiah's time and our own time where there's pushback against God. where man continues to make their own choices, do their own thing, become their little gods, not acknowledge any authority, let alone God's authority. And we live in a world that is pushed and tainted with sin. The prophet Isaiah said that people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dealt, dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them was light shone. It was like the, the dawn of a light coming through the darkness. And the glory of the Son of God coming into earth is coming into the darkness of the world is pushed back against him. Israel was experiencing a time of darkness spiritually. They had lost sight of God being their God and so they were suffering from the consequences of their sin. They were under attack. The northern kingdom had come down and seized them, taken them as bondage. The southern kingdom were being attacked by the Assyrians and Israel as a nation were going on. Woe is me. And Isaiah in the midst of that says, but I see a great light coming in the darkness. What hope? Even though their present situation seemed utterly hopeless, God was sovereign and true to his word. What a wonderful saviour. Friends, can I bring this closer to home? Are we overwhelmed by the situations around us? It might be a diagnosis, caring for those elderly, financial burdens, pressures coming from all different sides. There may be anxiety, despair, Because we live in a broken world. The light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ shines. Victorious. Because not only did he leave his throne in glory and come to earth. But he came to die. To conquer Satan. Conquer death. Conquer sin. And he desires to do that work in our lives to transform us into the image of Christ.
that he's a God, a mighty God who is at work in our lives in the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Desires to do that work in our lives. These words of hope by the prophet Isaiah, inspired by God, are still hope for us today. In a land of total darkness, a great light has shone. Isaiah was looking hundreds of years into the future with the experience of God's salvation. A distant past from Egypt. And friends, we look back at the provision of the cross of Calvary. And that salvation that has been secured on our behalf. And we celebrate the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As James said last night, let's run the race with endurance, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What a glorious hope we have. Our Savior is alive. He is working. He is our hope in days of trouble. Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And as Jesus came into the earth, onto earth and he lived his life, they saw that he was the Mighty God. As he turned up to that wedding in Cana and his mother was there looking on, the disciples were there looking on and, and, Mary, and, and Mary said, Listen to what he says and do what he tells you. And by his word, that water was turned into wine. What a glorious thing. But there in the boat, as Jesus was there with the disciples and the creation was pulling in from all different sides vulnerable in despair and anguish and anxiety and troubled on every side. And Jesus stood up in the boat and he said, Peace, be still. And the whole waves and creation bowed down to the creator of the universe. Surely he was the mighty God. And as the crowds pushed in against him, and that woman who had been afflicted for 12 odd years barely touched him, but he knew that someone had touched him because that woman was healed. Surely they saw the mighty God, creator of the universe. Because a vulnerable soul chose to depend on him and find hope in all the chaos that was around her. The everlasting father, the prince of peace and joy. And she found her security in who he was. What about the 5,000 people who were hungry 
and in need. And Jesus chose the few small barley loaves and a couple of fish. And out of that little small boy's lunch, he, he fed the thousands. <laughs> Until they were full and there were scraps, there was leftovers and I can't eat anymore. Surely, surely this is God, the mighty God. And that same power, the power of the resurrected Christ is at work in our lives. Doing a work of changing us more and more to become like God, Jesus Christ. And there at the <laughs> funeral of his friend, Lazarus, you would think that death would overcome. And Jesus turned up and Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Surely it's all smells by now. <laughs> Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, bound in those clothes, came forth alive because a king of kings called him back to life again. He got power over death. Friends, at this Christmas time, we, <laughs> we celebrate the coming of the king of kings and the, the lamb of God. Victorious over Satan, over death, and over sin. And we come to worship him, to declare his worth. Friends, regardless of what situation we find ourselves in this morning, anxiety, despair, frustration, a fear, or what does 2020 have for us? Or where it's all going. Uh, the creation around us. Jesus comes to give us hope. We can depend on him. We find our security in him. He is all, our all and all. Forever and ever. Paul said, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God desires for us to be shining Christ in our lives, to bring glory to him. Let's pray. Our Father God, we worship you. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful saviour, what a wonderful deliverer, messiah, anointed one, chosen one before the foundation of the world, prince of peace, mighty counsellor, mighty God, king of kings. 
Oh God, we worship you and you alone. We are a people who are desperately in need of you. Oh God, remind us of our dependence on you. In Jesus' name. Friends, as we come and celebrate <laughs> why the Jesus came, I invite us to sing. Sing. Not really sure which one it is. <clears throat> Thanks, God.